3: So the new coronavirus developments right around the country. The lockdown has ended in Brisbane and Perth, but masks remain. In Sydney, rugby league stars have been caught at a house party in a major breach of COVID rules. And nursing home residents have been infected in the city's northwest. But new cases have dropped, raising hopes the lockdown will lift this Friday and schools will reopen on Monday. Koshi.
4: The next few days of Sydney's coronavirus outbreak critical With fewer cases but more exposure sites, there's still no decision on when the lockdown will end. New South Wales has recorded 16 new infections. That's a drop from the day before, but testing numbers have also dropped. There's now 277 cases in this outbreak. Five patients are in intensive care. Of Sydney, 16 new cases, 13 were in isolation while infectious. One was in isolation for part of their infectious period two cases were infectious in the community. Three aged care residents at Summit Care in Baulkham Hills are infected. They're fully vaccinated, but have been taken to hospital for observation. There are two new community cases in Queensland. Both are close contacts of existing clusters. Lockdown is lifted, but QR codes and face masks outside the home are compulsory. Household gatherings are limited to 30 people. There's one new case in WA, Perth's lockdown is over, but face masks are compulsory when you leave home and people should be working from home if possible. There's a limit of 10 visitors per home. Here's now.
3: Live now to our team of reporters. First to Tom Hartley at Jubilee Oval in Sydney. Tom, a major COVID breach involving NRL players is being slammed as selfish and stupid.
5: Yeah, Nat, it's been revealed 12 Dragons players were busted by police at the weekend having a house party. It was hosted by Paul Vaughan and his wife at their place in Shell Harbour on Saturday night. Have a look at the guest list. Among these 12 players, Josh Maguire, Jack Bird, Matt Dufty, to name a few, all of them have now been fined $1,000 each and they're facing sanctions with the NRL Integr- Integrity Unit now investigating. The chairman, Peter Landis is furious condemning their behaviour... The CEO even going as far to say they're considering taking them out of the NRL's COVID bubble. As for other COVID news here in Sydney, families of the residents of the Balcombe Hill aged care facility, which is subject to this latest outbreak, absolutely furious to learn that only one third of staff there have been vaccinated. But 96% of residents there have been vaccinated, including the three who are now in hospital uh, with COVID, none of them showing any signs or symptoms of the virus. Virus, thankfully some word on education here too schools are set to go back next week with strict measures in place so at drop-offs and pickups uh, no events or school sports to reduce the risk of transmission all in all only uh, 13 case 16 cases sorry reported yesterday of community transmission and we're waiting to hear from the premier today on some guidance on the the lifting of restrictions and lockdown nat
3: Tamara Bow's in Brisbane. Tamara, you've got more details on a quarantine facility for Queensland? Yeah Nat,
2: the Damascus Barracks here in Brisbane really is firming up as the preferred location for the very first quarantine based facility that would be purpose built here in Queensland. The Federal Government proposed the site last week and the State Government responded drafting up plans to transform the 30 hectare parcel of land into a facility that would house around 1400 international arrivals and have around 1000 rooms. It's centrally located, it's minutes from the Brisbane Airport close to the CBD and and also 20-minute drive to the nearest hospital. But international arrivals aren't the only ones causing headaches for contact tracers at the moment. New South Wales Health reissuing an alert for a Virgin Flight VA 524 that left the Gold Coast headed for Brisbane on June 26 at 1.26pm. Anybody on board that flight is now considered a close contact after there have been a number of positive cases detected. Now, anyone on board that flight must now uh, self-isolate for the full 14 days, regardless of their test results. Nathan, Templeton
3: is in Melbourne. One venue has been slapped with a huge fine for breaking mask rules.
6: Yeah, that's right. Now, the popular Reva bar here in St Kilda has been fined almost $11,000 after hosting a party for around 1,000 people on Saturday night. As you can see from the vision here, there were no masks uh, and no social distancing. Also, under current Victorian rules, uh, bars and nightclubs are only open for seated service, and clearly that wasn't the case. But authorities here admit that while the venue has been penalised, it's very unlikely that individuals will be identified and fined. Nat?
3: Nathan Curry is at the Prince Alfred Hotel in Port Melbourne. Nathan, some pubs are offering a new incentive for people to get vaccinated.
5: Yes, indeed, Nat. They're offering free drinks for any vaccinated locals. The team here was sick of going into lockdown so they thought they would do their bit to help the rollout along. So anyone that's been across the road at the Port Melbourne Town Hall to get vaccinated, they can then take their blue card across the road to the pub here and show that they have been vaccinated and then they can get their choice of a free beer, wine or spirit. It's a quirky idea. We have seen a lot of this happening over in the US and I think it is becoming more common over here as well and we've got the publican uh, coming up on the program a little later too, Nat.
3: Taylor Aiken is in Canberra. Young Australians are being promised the Pfizer jab within months.
2: Now, that's right. Hundreds of thousands of additional Pfizer doses will start arriving in the country from this week as supply really ramps up over coming months. Quantities of the Pfizer vaccine will double this month from 300,000 doses to 600,000 each week. Finance Minister Simon Birmingham assuring younger Australians they will get access to the Pfizer vaccine within months, potentially even so- sooner. But the senior minister refused to set a date. The to be given a boost today with 500 GPs across the country to begin administering the Pfizer vaccine for those aged between 40 and 59 years of age. Previously, the mRNA vaccine was only available at mass vaccination hubs, limiting access to that jab. Another 800 clinic- clinics will come on board between July and August, mainly in regional and rural areas. Nat. Right. Thank you, Taylor.
4: Now, Australians are being reminded to prioritise their mental health as many suffer from pandemic fatigue. For more, I'm joined by Christine Morgan, Chief Executive of the National Mental Health Commission. Christine, this is so timely. Um, what is pandemic fatigue and what are the telltale signs?
0: Look, such a good question, Koshi, because it is something I think impacting on nearly every Australian, as you just said. What pandemic fatigue is, is it's like if you can imagine being really physically fatigued because you've pushed yourself, you've pushed yourself, you've pushed yourself. Pandemic fatigue is effectively the psychological equivalent of that. It's when we just feel as though we just don't have any mental energy in the tank to even do what we know we need to do to look after ourselves. So it's if you I think that's probably the best way of thinking about it. It's the mental equivalent, if you like, of physical fatigue.
4: And, and And for a lot of people, Christine, who are who are separated from family Mm. as pandemic goes on and lockdown, the emotional stress of wondering when you can see people again, when you can see family, when you can
0: connect, just wears you down, doesn't it? It just wears you down. I think there's two things that happen, Koshi. I think that whenever we go into a lockdown, we're reminded of the fact that we don't know where the end is, yep. so we have that anxiety. And the second thing is that we're restricted. We can't do what we want to do, so we feel really de-energised by that. Yep. You said, how, and and how does it come out? C- different for everyone. Yep. Some people it can be just having a short fuse. Other people lack of energy. Other people yep. just not wanting to engage. Yep. Different for everyone.
4: Okay, give us some advice, some steps that you'd recommend to help overcome pandemic fatigue.
0: The first and most important thing is to be aware of the signs in yourself. The second is to say, what can I do to replenish that mental energy? Now, this will sound really self-indulgent, but it's not, Kosh. What you need to do is to say, what can I do that is positive and pleasurable for me? I've got to do something back for my self-care so I can then care for others.
4: Yeah. Also, I love this. Get sweaty. Uh, take a bit of a break. It's so important we look after ourselves during this time. Christine, really appreciate the advice. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Gosh. Sydney's COVID outbreak is on a nice edge this morning, with the Premier and health officials adamant the next few days will be critical in determining whether lockdown is lifted on Friday. Comes after the city recorded 16 new infections, the first significant drop in numbers since this lockdown began, taking the outbreak total to 277. A nursing home in Sydney's northwest is now a key area of concern. Sunrise understands two additional residents of Summit Care Borkham Hills have tested positive. Uh, For more, I'm joined by New South Wales Deputy Premier John Barillaro. Deputy Premier, appreciate your time. How concerned are you by these new aged care cases, particularly given there seems to be another two added overnight? Yeah,
7: good morning, Koshia. You look very concerned and uh, they are our most vulnerable uh, in our community. Uh, In one way, we're lucky that the vast majority of those residents have had their vaccination with both doses, um, but it's it just a reminder that the Delta strain is infectious. Uh, it, is, it, it is transmissible, and if it enters an aged care facility, it can become life or, or a death issue. So, look, we are concerned, but as uh, we saw the numbers yesterday, and we're seeing the numbers, uh, we're confident that we're still on top of it, and these are managed uh, in those isolated particular areas.
4: Uh, John, a lot of Australians are still stunned. Two thirds of the staff at this Summit Care Nursing Home have not been vaccinated, but all aged care workers are required to have their first jab by mid-September. Now, you know, if we're really fair dinkum about this, uh, they should get the first one by the end of the month, should they? Mid-September seems so far away.
7: Yeah, Koshy. I think I'm, I'm like every other Australian that uh, why our frontline workers in care haven't been vaccinated, you know, it is something that is alarming. And yes, the federal government has set a target by September or the middle of September for workers to be vaccinated. But I think that today, what we've seen overnight and yesterday, uh, it is a reminder that the, this class of worker, these frontline workers must have priority and uh, I'd encourage those aged care facilities to get out and try and get those vaccinations okay. done before, before September.
4: Okay a lot of these aged care homes are Commonwealth run as has been pointed out before will you go to National Cabinet or get the Premier to do it to, to change this timeline to say mid september is too far away it's got to be by the end of the month let's fast track supplies to get everyone done.
7: Yeah, look, Koshi, look, the, the New South Wales government, the Premier, we've all been quite vocal on this. We've been very vocal on this. And, uh, and I'm sure in my crisis committee meeting this morning, I'll raise the issue and just uh, and with, with the Premier and other ministers uh, and see if we can take something to the National uh, Cabinet because this should be a priority. And uh, if there is more fines that are coming online, if there are more vaccines coming online, well, then there has to be a priority here.
4: Yep. Um, John, what are you looking for over the next couple of days to get Sydney out of lockdown by the end of the month. Cases dropped to 16. Is there a magic number, a benchmark, that we've got to get to? Coshi,
7: what we've always said is, is about community transmission. So, you know, you see the numbers like yesterday. Yes, there were 16, but only about three of them, off the top of my head, were in, commu- in the community. So right. the rest were in isolation. that gives us confidence that we've contained and, and, we've, and we've identified those close contacts. What we're looking for is that there are no no uh, members in the community uh, that have uh, that are roaming around and possibly infecting people. But look, we're looking at all of that today and over the next couple of days, the premier will have a lot more to say about it.
4: Yep. And just quickly, these twelve dragons players fine for attending a barbecue at Paul Vaughan's house. That's disappointing and and poor leadership in the community, isn't it?
7: Oh, look, absolutely. There's so many, uh, you know, Australians are in isolation at the moment, abiding by the stay-at-home orders. Uh, these particular players don't have any special exemption or rules. They've been fined by the police, but I'm, I'm confident Peter Volandis will come down tough on these guys. They have let down not just the Dragons, their fans, the community, but the rest of the league. They have put the NRL at risk, the rest of the competition, and I'm confident Peter Volandis and NRL will come down hard on these particular players.
4: Okay. John barrow take your time. Thank you. Here's that.
3: Thanks, Koti. In breaking news today, another two residents at a Sydney aged care centre have tested positive to COVID-19. It comes amid calls to speed up the vaccination of aged care workers, but authorities at Summit Care, the home at the centre of that outbreak, say that is not possible, with about 75% of workers already isolating at home. We've been advised that to do it now is of no benefit to anyone. And if anything, it might mean that they suffer from some side effects of the vaccine and we lose more staff. All of the evening staff, um, they had to go into 14 day lockdown. And uh, so we basically have
4: no staff left there.
3: Two thirds of staff at the facility have not had a shot. Joining me now is Professor Joseph Ibrahim, Monash University's Head of Health Law and Ageing Research. Good morning to you. Now, residents' families are furious, they fear another aged care disaster. How concerning is this latest outbreak, particularly given the two new cases?
8: I think it's obviously concerning. What we can be reassured by is we appear to have learned some of the lessons from last year and seem better prepared but it's always worrying when it's occurring in aged care.
3: And particularly when, uh, I mean, I guess we were lucky in a way that most residents in this home were vaccinated. We may get another home where they're not, given that the Prime Minister has only just announced mandatory vaccinations for staff last Monday.
8: Well, I think the, the government's been very slow with the vaccination rollout, and the whole country knows that. We need better information about what's gone wrong earlier on. I think mandating the vaccination is a step forward, but mandatory vaccination's a complex issue. With uh, three or four layers, it's always better if you can get people to voluntarily vaccinate. And I think that workers haven't had the opportunity and haven't been provided the vaccine as a priority. And by mandating it, it it looks like the government's blaming the workers when they're not really the ones at fault. It's the supply of the vaccine. And I think, Matt, having mandated it, the vaccine's not actually available because they've set a three-month timeline for it. So it it makes it a a bit of a nonsense to mandate something when you can't even do it.
3: So, Professor, we had 910 Australians die of COVID-19. Most of them were in aged care. Why weren't they given the workers uh, that go into those homes every day, why weren't they given the priority for the vaccine, do you think?
8: Well, it's unfathomable that they were in the 1A priority group. I think the government just didn't communicate with them, didn't make it easy for the workers to get the vaccine. And they've come to the party late once again, um, which was their operation all of last year. They were always late with aged care. And I think they don't prioritize older Australians highly enough.
3: So their first dose for these staff has to be by the 1st of September, should that be completely turned on its head and made sooner now that we are seeing numbers climb already?
8: Well I think uh, the sooner the better and again we're in a race here and we're in a race to save lives and we're in a race to free up movement within our country so the sooner everyone gets vaccinated the better and if we can prioritize the workers and if we can provide the education and information that they need and the time off work that they need to get vaccinated that would help everyone
4: and would be the fair thing to do.
3: Yeah okay thank you very much Professor Ibrahim here's Koshi.
4: Well, now more on those 12 St George-Illawarra Dragons players fined for breaching lockdown rules. Some of the NRL team attended a barbecue on the weekend, hosted by Dragons veteran Paul Vaughan. The prop, his wife and 11 other players in attendance have all been fined 1000 uh, bucks. Joining me now, New South Wales Deputy Health Commissioner, Gary Warboys. Gary Warboys, uh, how disappointed are you in these players? It uh, sort of makes a mockery of the rules, doesn't it?
1: Uh Koshi, I think we just shake our head, really. Um, these are people that uh, are in privileged positions. They are uh, looked up to, particularly in that community down in the Illawarra as, uh, as role models. Um, you know, very disappointed, uh, to their credit, when uh, uh, it eventually all come out. They were polite and cooperative with police. But, um, you know, I, I'm sure today they would be saying, yeah. why, why did we actually go down that track?
4: Gary, how are, are Sydney Siders reacting to the lockdown? It seems to be the behaviour very different to the lockdown last year and also very different to Melbournians. Uh, there are lots of people out and about. Yes, you can have your exercise, but, geez, it was like, like Pitt Street when you were doing your walking.
1: Uh, for sure, and I think... When we look at the weekend, uh, there was uh, two days where you know immaculate winter weather. The sun was shining. Uh, people yeah. were looking to get out for that uh, exercise and and, and recreation. Um, you know, a difficult, a difficult balance, people's mental health, their physical well-being, balance that with the uh, the restrictions, the public health orders, uh, and, you know, 5 million people in this city, Koshi, and and over the weekend, only 186 infringement notices. Yeah. So, uh, all in all, I, I really think we did all right.
4: Okay. Do you think it's confusing, though, that you can still go to the closed shops to to jewellery shops, even toy shops remain open. Yes, you know, go to the grog shops and supermarkets and stuff like that, leave home to do it. But there seem to be so many other businesses open that it's giving you a mixed message.
1: Really hard, the definitions when uh, we get down to it around what's essential for people. Uh, some people would find that, that uh, the fact that grog shops are open mean nothing to them. Others um, would like uh, to purchase some, some clothing that perhaps they might need. Um, it's really difficult to, uh, to get to some of those, um, those areas and be specific about it, Koshi. But what's really important is that those QR codes are there now, yep. uh, that people actually check in and check out. Uh, and and that people look after themselves in terms of the mask wearing. If they do those simple things um, then then sometimes whether it's a a clothes shop or a grog shop uh, is a little irrelevant.
4: Yeah. All right, Gary, thanks for joining us. Pass on our best to all your members who are doing a great job as well. Now, Australia is lagging behind in the vaccine race, but those on the front line say it's not because of a shortage and rather a hesitancy to get a jab driven by mixed messaging.
3: Yeah, data shows we actually have millions of doses that aren't being used and GPs fear they will go to waste. Sunrise correspondent Nathan Templeton has this report.
6: These unused vials of AstraZeneca paint a frustrating picture.
7: There are millions of vaccines sitting in fridges and not in arms.
6: More than 8.2 million COVID vaccines have now been administered, but federal government data shows by the end of June, 11 million had been delivered. So why aren't they being used? State-run mass vaccination sites are now using up almost all of their supplies, but Commonwealth-run GP programs aren't keeping up. It is extremely frustrating. We want to get the Australian population vaccinated. You know, that's what GPs have done for years in Australia. We're good at it. We want to do it. They say the problem is they've only got AstraZeneca, the vaccine some people are still scared of due to the risk of blood clots as well as mixed messaging. Whether that is state or federal, whether that's the health minister or the prime minister, we should all be singing from the same hymn sheet. Even people over 60 who should be having the AstraZeneca vaccine are becoming reluctant. It's a view shared by the Australian Primary Health Nurses Association
5: vaccine hesitancy has gone from the fourth issue that nurses were dealing with two months ago to the number one issue now.
6: And that's despite the federal government spending more than $41 million to educate the Australian community on the rollout. Nurses say even the slightest hesitation results in longer consultations which further slows down the process.
5: All those GPs, pharmacists and nurses out there who are trying to do their best are actually doing more and more work just to get one vaccine in arm.
6: Provocate's latest vaccinomic forecast has analysed the data and backs up what those on the front line are saying, suggesting Australia has a surplus of a vaccine with a brand problem.
7: The federal government needs to be more transparent about what it is that is actually going on here. Technically, we should have enough stock to at least be far, far ahead of where we are
6: This is an example of what's happening in GP clinics right across Australia. Plenty of AstraZeneca stock, but not enough arms to put it in. Now, one of the hurdles when it comes to potential wastage is that each five mil vial contains 10 doses and it must be thrown out within 48 hours of opening. So if doctors don't have 10 patients lined up ready to go, some of this precious vaccine will go in the bin. We were vaccinating about two or three hundred people a day Uh, where that's dwindled down to 30 or 40 a day at the moment. The current advertising campaign was targeted at older Aussies who were eligible for a shot in the early stages of the rollout. Now that under-60s are able to get AstraZeneca, the health minister says the campaign will evolve to ensure the message motivates this group to be vaccinated. According to those on the ground, it's time for nurses to be sent in and pick up the pace. Under the Commonwealth-run program, the majority of nurses who usually take care of vaccinations vaccinations themselves can only administer a COVID jab if there's a doctor on site. Highly qualified nurse practitioners haven't even been given a role.
5: These nurses are highly skilled and they often are dealing with some of the most marginalised communities in the country and they could be out there amongst them vaccinating their patients in a way that will get Australia over the line.
6: GPs are expecting the situation to improve by October. That's when they all should get Pfizer. But in the meantime, they're clear on what needs to happen. Politicians need to stay out of the consulting room with the doctors and let doctors do what they do best with their
9: patients.
4: Australia's vaccine rollout is ramping up today with 500 GPs across the nation starting to administer the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine for people aged between 40 and 59.
1: I'm told that nearly 40% of these practices are in rural areas in the country. And during this month, another 800 general practices will come online with the Pfizer vaccine as well as the AstraZeneca vaccine.
3: It's part of the federal government's four-phase plan to avoid future lockdowns and travel restrictions. Joining us now is infectious diseases expert Professor Sanjaya Senanayake. Morning to you. Is this enough to improve our vaccination rates?
9: Uh, Nat, I think it's a very important part of the rollout. So we need to make sure that there are people who can administer the vaccine. But of course, supply is going to be very important until October when we get a huge amount of Pfizer vaccines. We're hoping to get about 2.8 million doses this month, which will be important. But also you have to remember, we want to try and get 80% of the Australian uh, Australian population vaccinated. And in terms of adults, that's higher than 80%. Mm. So we really need to address vaccine hesitancy now. So that's going to be a very important thing too.
4: Yeah, because we're waiting for Pfizer, but we're going to start throwing out AstraZeneca because it passes the use-by date. Is it because the government has just basically undermined the AstraZeneca brand unnecessarily? Look, with, with
9: AstraZeneca, the, the messaging and the changing medical advice with the best of intentions has made it very difficult for the public to understand the risks and benefits. So that, that has been a problem. But the other thing, Koshi, is remember, we need to vaccinate the world. So it is such a shame if we are throwing out doses of AstraZeneca here. We should really make sure it gets sent to countries where people will appreciate it and take it Up.
3: Uh- Because there would be risks, I guess, to having Pfizer too. What are the repercussions for that?
9: So Pfizer overall, there have been no major risks like the clotting risk, the rare clotting risk that we've seen with AstraZeneca. Although in the United States now, they are looking at both Pfizer and Moderna in young predominantly men with the second dose getting some inflammation of the heart, which seems to be uncommon, doesn't seem to be serious, but it could be a thing.
4: Okay. Do you know how many people are in the hospital because of the flu so far, to put everything in perspective, or how many people have died from the flu so far this season?
9: Look, I haven't got those exact figures on me at the moment, Koshi, but I will tell you that we've seen a greater than 90% reduction in, in flu rates compared to recent years. It's absolutely unbelievable what we're seeing at the moment. And uh, there are a number of reasons for that, uh, including increased flu vaccine uptake yeah. and social distancing, seeing, of course.
3: A, but you see my point. On a normal year
9: yeah yeah absolutely in a a normal year we get people uh, admitted with with flu getting desperately sick with flu dying from influenza yeah Mm.
3: Uh, sometimes understands uh, another two residents have tested positive to COVID-19 at a Sydney aged care home overnight they had been vaccinated but two-thirds of the staff hadn't all aged care workers are required to get their first jab only their first jab by mid-september should we bring that date forward
9: Oh, look, now that needs to be done as quickly as possible. And really, I think we all believe it should have been done by now. But the saving grace here is that all the residents have been vaccinated and and touch wood. They seem to be responding well and haven't become seriously
4: ill. Okay, so so those who are positive and have been taken to hospital for observation, none of them are, are life threatening at all. Yes, uh,
9: according to what the Chief Health Officer was saying, it was more uh, for observation.
4: Yep. Mm,
3: Very good. Okay, Okay, Sanjay, thank you for your expertise this morning.